transport. So are we ready to talk about Horizon finally? I yep. believe we are. <laughs> Maybe. <Yep. laughs> All right, so this goes without without saying. Everybody listening, huge spoiler warnings. We're not we're not yep. sugarcoating anything here. You don't want to know anything about this game or its story or uh, plot points. Um, go ahead, pause it. We'll be waiting right here for you. Go ahead and then finish the game, and then when you come back, we'll be right here waiting for you. Okay, with that said... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work that way because, like, how the way I played... We've been waiting here a long time. Hey, dude, it's called you push pause, and then when they unpause it, we're right here. Come on, man. No, think think no, outside the box. Wasn't... No, I like my box. Whatever. That's right. Nope, I'm leaving the podcast for them. I'm going to know that they're there, and I'm just going to walk straight out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's just start off with um, the main story. You know, like, this game told a very cool story, so... Um, how about we go through what we thought was good or bad, if any of us thought anything of it was bad. I really didn't. But So, Ralph, how did you like the main story of this game? I actually enjoyed the main story because, like, you know, the first time you're actually seeing, you know, the main character as a child. And just seeing, like, there's, like, this shroud of mystery already off in the beginning. Like, what could be so bad about this child? I mean, like, it's a baby. What's so bad about a baby? You know, it's just how they're treating how they look upon this child so as you get to see the character grow that was awesome i love that because there's not many games that actually really have done such a fabulous job on that i mean there's game fabled that that was not bad but it does could not come close to this Mm -hmm. so and you just you know her going through her you know her adolescence you know the being the stubborn fighting you know the the parental figure and you know wanted to become her own person it was it was i loved it it just you saw how the character was shaping to become a woman, you know? Um, well, for me, I, I don't think I could even come up with a weak point for the story, for the main story at all. Um, it was strong through the whole thing into there. Um, one of the things I liked about games, uh, about this particular game, is that I, I kind of felt wherever the character was is kind of where I was for that. You know, it was there was not like a huge amount of backstory that I didn't know about it. Like, oh, I really love this tribe that she's trying to join. No, you right from the beginning, you kind of learned to hate this tribe and she kind of reflects that. So there was always that through the whole thing. It was kind of like, no, because right from the beginning, I'm like, I don't want to join these people. And my father's having me join these people. I'm like, they're jerks. And guess what? The main character thought the exact same thing you know <laughs> so it didn't have that so it was it was really nice through that and then they had you know through the whole story on there she pretty much in every situation kind of acts like i would it's like okay if i need to do this i'm gonna need to do this if he's a jerk he's a jerk you know so it was one of those things and i forgot that one guy that kept like 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 to kill through like the whole the whole oh yeah game. that guy yeah that guy and he was like you just he, she, she was like yeah it's a necessary evil i'm not like you i hate you <laughs> this oh. is it you know yeah. so she she really kind of reflected a lot of what really she she should reflect so yeah i thought that was pretty good yeah the the whole main story was cool because it, it had that stranger in a strange land you know aloy very much was not really a member of the society she actually was in. She was always kind of outside of it and always thought from a higher perspective. Like, she didn't even understand the tribal crap. It didn't make sense to her. Even joining the tribe, 
you know, she thought she could still um, talk, you know, hang out and go visit. Um, what's his name? R- Roast, Roust, or he is yeah, Roust, yeah. Roust. And he was like, "No, once you once you're in, that's it. We we lose. We can't talk to each other anymore." And she wasn't having it. You know, she just mm-hmm. you could it always. You know, we get into it later. There's a specific reason why she has that stranger in a strange land kind of outlook and mentality, because mm-hmm. she really, she's really not from that era of the world, in a sense. Mm-hmm. And going back to what Ralph's comparison to Fable in the beginning, when you start off playing her as a child, they did that better than Fable. Like, yeah. you know, Peter Monolu promised, like, oh, you're gonna start as a child and you'll grow into your character, and da-da-da. no, that didn't happen. It just faded the black, and then mm-hmm. you were the adult. Right. Yes, you kind of have a fade to black moment in this, but you do play a lot of her as a kid. You explore with her as a kid. You find the little focus, and it's teaching her words like bow and stuff like that. Yeah. And you learn some of your earlier stealth game mechanics and stuff like that with her as a kid. And then they do a little montage of her training hard because she wants to win the proving because she's tired of being an outcast. And she's like, what do I have to do? And you have to work hard at it. And you show this montage of her training. And then she does that cool jump and she does a somersault. And then through the transition of the somersault, she's an adult. It's better than Fade the Black. Yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, it's the same thing. They're not going to have you actually play with her as a kid and physically grow up. But they do a nice transition through that um, better than Fable ever did. And the main story having multifacets to it with the conflicts that are going on in the world between um, – you know, this, the new Sun King and then the factions of the old Sun King who started their own um, mm-hmm. cult. I can't remember the name of it. Top of my head right now. But, oh, so you Shadow have, Karja. Yeah, the Shadow Karja. So you have them, you know, wanting it back the way it was. This new, the politics of the new Sun King trying to move things forward and heal the land. Mm-hmm. Her, her unique story in the middle of it all, you know, um, you know, finding out who she is, who her mother possibly is. And mm-hmm. how are how are all these like giant robotic creatures that look like creatures from our world, like giraffes sort of and tigers right. and lions and bulls and all of that. What the hell mm-hmm. are they doing in this world? How are they here? Why are they here? And mm-hmm. the mystery and the slowly pulling back the veil, the, the main story does a good job of just giving you a little bit, giving you know that carrot at the end of the stick, you know, just yeah. Keeping you moving along, and it, it paces out so well with mm-hmm. all the side stuff sprinkled in that you know I really it, I I love the story through and through. There's nothing really for me bad about it. Right. Yeah. Now I gotta say one thing too. Like uh, this is where I'm saying I don't see any real plot holes. I'm sure there are if somebody picks it apart in there, but they did a really good job. Um, when Aloy sits there and goes, and and she's about to try to you know, join that one tribe, the father sits there and says, uh, you're not going to see me anymore. Now, I think each one of us sat there and said, you want to know what? As long as you're in the game, I'm going to come find you at right, one point yeah. in time, right? <laughs> yeah, and they did a really good job of kind of nipping that in the bud because even if you sat there and said yes okay i understand or i'm coming back no matter which choice you picked for the most part when you know when you got through that trial he died and they cut it off it's kind of like that's not going to happen so they they didn't allow any plot holes like this because i think all of us would have done that so I, i do like how they kind of sealed everything up and they did kind of they did it right you know yeah and he died you know saving her it wasn't wasn't like right. a stupid death it was a very you know impact it was, it was honorable 
honorable death, you know, and, saving her life. And impactful for her. It was a necessary plot device to move her forward um, mm-hmm. more, you know, like to figure out what the hell's going on with the Shadow Karja, who's this new guy that steps in and right. pretty much almost wipes out half of her the, the new tribe she joined, you know. Yeah. No, it's like, I just remember when you mentioned earlier how she didn't still like, seem like to fit in. Like, she was disconnected. Even though she she still partaked in, you know, as far as understanding how things were working, there was still always that detachment. It's like, you know, kind of like looking at them, like, y'all don't make any sense. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing of the outcast, like, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why are they treated like that? You know, mm-hmm. she, like, she went against the grain, like, pretty much all the way through. You know, she, yeah. she marched at the beat of her own drum. She followed her heart. She believed in helping. She didn't believe in sitting and looking at people like they're less than nothing. Like everybody means something to someone, you know? Mm. Yeah. And she and, and I really, like I said, I really have to, I, I talk about the beginning a lot and there's a lot more onto there, but the beginning is so nice because they really did set that up. It's like she's going through years of being an outcast. And how do you sit there and you set that up that quickly? Well, they did a really good job. They did it where the you know you, you go and you save that one kid, and they still kind of think of his dirt. And then the one thing that ticked me off onto there when she was ready to sit there and go through the trials for that. Do you remember the guards right yeah. up in front? It was like you ain't doing this, and this was the rule. And it was like and they still weren't going to let her do it. So it gets you right off the bat to sit there and say, "Man, I don't like these people." Right off the bat, and that's exactly where she was at. So it puts you right there. Yeah, and the the game opens up. You know, you're like, "What happened to the world?" Right? You're left with this question, and why did civils? You know, why did civilization go back to like tribal mentality and all of that? And as you in as you're playing through the game, you see like remnants of the old world, right? Buildings in decay with uh, vegetation growing over them, and right. and this is like hundreds of years since whenever the fallout was, and mm-hmm. it's a different dystopia take on like you know society screwed itself with computers and that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going into spoiler territory, right? So you, <clears throat> if you don't want to know, stop listening now. <laughs> Well, I already said that the dad died, so I think we're yeah. Past but no, spoiling. this is this this is serious <laughs> stuff. So as you as you progress through the game, and you start to get the curtain unveiled more, you find out that society created these uh, war machines, and and then the computer kind of like hiccuped, and then just started making more and more and more, and it kind of became sentient, and basically is just devouring the world to survive. It destroying everything in its path, and you're seeing this through like audio logs and, and cutscenes and everything. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Aloy resembles this doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, forgive me, I can't call her name right now. Elizabeth something. Yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. Uh, she resembles her. Yeah, Doctor Elizabeth Sobak. She resembles her a lot, so you're like, is this her mom? What's the connection here? And, you know, that Mm -hmm. gets unveiled further down. But when you find out that the world was being destroyed basically by man's hand, big surprise there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the whole development of Gaia and all the subsystems and that that basically Gaia is a new computer system that Elizabeth created that creates these robots that we see in the world. We're wondering what the hell these are. And there's all these little factories throughout the world you can go explore. And you understand that they're there to, like, reshape the world, right? Kind of do what animals naturally do. That's what these robots do. And then the yeah. counterpart is Hades. So if something gets completely out of whack, Hades wipes everything out and it starts all over again. Mm-hmm. And this was interesting. So before we 
go further into that. What did you guys think about this? Because I thought this was pretty cool sci-fi storytelling right here. It was very complex. I mean, I seriously, I had to really, really focus on because, I mean, it just, it went so, so far out there. It was like, holy crap. It's like, it makes you, as like, you're, you're feeling the character like, wow, I'm like really small in comparison to what these guys were doing. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. And the one thing that I actually thought was very interesting where you kind of like start to understand what was their downfall is that um, anything when it comes with the computer programming, you, you know, you're trying to make sure everything is locked down tight. And there's usually most given cases, there's usually some kind of backdoor that they kind of set up themselves. So if something fails, they can get in and fix the problem. What this is where they felt like, you know, we cannot have any kind of backdoor because if we can get it, they always have that feeling that someone else can get it. And that was, was the reason why that was their downfall. They allow for them to be shut off from what they created. And that was just like mind blowing. I was like, wow. It's like, I mean, you understand why they're doing it, but it's just, you just look at it. It's like, well, yeah, that was such not a good decision. Yeah, yeah. that's what did them in. Yeah, I would say actually, I, 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 it's very commendable to think that they made that type of storyline. Because realistically, I mean, if we've seen so many apocalyptic type worlds in that, they probably could have done this game, not as well, but they could have done this game just as well, just with the tribal fighting, with all this other stuff in there, you know, just with, and then, you know, because you almost, almost like Fallout and that, you just kind of accept that, oh, it was technological and, and this stuff just was here, and then you just kind of go around your, you know, you go on with the game, and they really went to sit there and say, "Okay, here's how how all this stuff was created." So they almost had like two two separate stories going on yeah. all the time, you yeah. know. That's and they true. didn't really have to do that, and then it was nice that they did that because that was added so much more to it. Yeah, and it was almost like like a sub story in between because I mean, mm -hmm. between the whole tribal aspect, the old world, and what caused the the transition, or in a sense, rollback. As far as like the people that actually made the world again, so to speak, you know, yeah, that was yeah. actually pretty cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the robot, and, and they ta even talk about how, yeah, the robots were designed to reshape and recreate the world and do all the natural things animals would do to retake the world out of its ruin and bring it back into lush greens and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then they even talked about how you know Gaia's its whole system. It didn't get it right the first few times, so Hades would activate and wipe the whole world clean again, and it'd start over. So that's what's yeah. interesting, you know. We're we're, we're six hundred some years, or how many years they said it was. It, it might be more than that. Yeah. Into when we meet Aloy and the tribes and all these people, but prior to all that, Gaia has ran through its system several times of reshaping and destroying the world until it kind of got it right. But then right. there's a huge malfunction, and then Hades is ready to just. Like, it finally is gotten right. Now Hades mm. is just ready to just go off anyways and destroy it all again anyways. But this time, uh, also destroying Gaia, so Gaia can't reboot, you know, right. the, the robots and kind of reshape the world. And then that's where Aloy actually comes in. She's actually the clone of Elizabeth Sobek. And mm. it's a, it's a, Gaia saw her as a, a necessary thing to do to actually, you needed, Elizabeth's DNA to get into the system, you know, through the mm -hmm. DNA check to get into the system to reboot the system the right way so Gaia can stay functioning and stop yeah. Hades. And that part blew my mind because it's like, holy crap, you know, 
Because, <laughs> like, you find out she's a clone, and you find out Gaia did it as a necessary thing, and it was the only way to to get into the system and redo it. Mm-hmm. On top well, of all the tribal stuff with the Sun King and the Shadow Karja. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if she was really, like, a 100% clone, because if you do remember, every time when she was going through these security checks, it gave a percentage of she to was, identify who... Yeah, she was, like, 98-some percent. She wasn't like a di- she wasn't like a direct like carbon copy of Elizabeth, but she was yeah. a clone of her. Yeah, but she was like grown, and you know uh, that was a, that's the part that totally tripped me out. When, yeah, I mean it, yep. Gaia spit her out as a baby, and then she had to be cared for it and raised like a child. She wasn't like a clone that was rapidly grown up. No, no, mm-hmm. yeah, which was interesting for that. I forgot. Did they even give a reason? Why she did, she didn't remember? Well, I guess that's because she was still probably still so young in there. But why she didn't have any memories of being where she was at? I know her father raised her for most of her life, but yeah. Yeah, well, she was basically the way they described it. You had those um, the the mothers, right? The the sages. Yeah. Basically, the way they described it was um, one day those doors opened, you know, the ones you can't go back in until the, towards right. the end of the game. Those doors opened, and the baby was there, and they had no oh, idea right. what this was, and they entrusted the baby to ro- ro- roast, roast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep screwing his name up. To raise Sorry. her. <clears throat> and um, so she, she very much, Aloy is her own person, but she is, you know, DNA clone-wise, she is a copy of Elizabeth. But you yeah. know, she's not Elizabeth, but she is, you know, in a weird sense. Right, yeah, yeah. But it's cool how this is just slowly revealed to the whole game, right? They just slowly keep peeling back the curtain for the main story, which is the whole Gaia, Hades, and the robots and all that. But then you got the whole thing going on with the Sun King and Shadow Karja that distracts you, too, through the game. You know, that when you get to this point, you're like, right. holy crap, you know? Um, yeah, and just to get one thing clear, too, with the whole Gaia and Hades... Because um, I know that's something we haven't really touched on. It's kind of like been kind of skipped over a little bit, but this this whole process was their fail safe because the uh, the machines were pretty much replicating at a rapid pace to the point where if they continue the, the direction they're going, it's pretty much going to obliterate uh, the planet itself. So this was something they had been working on, but they're they're actually trying to execute as quickly as possible. And I remember there was such a struggle with it because they felt like this is not going to cut it because. You know, you need something more to actually make sure this process runs smoothly and, you know, that there's no chance for any kind of glitching like they have already experienced with the machines where they couldn't get access to them. So this was like their their next ditch effort to like to fix things and hopefully, you know, it doesn't just you know, decimate the earth. Right. Like I was saying, like I said before, basically Hades kicks in and just obliterates all the machines and everything. And then the whole system starts over again until it kind of hits the right balance and they alluded to like i said this earlier they alluded to that that happened several times before we even meet aloy like mm-hmm. if you pay attention to a whole cutscene where gaia is explaining the whole system the system did its thing several times before you got to the point with aloy like hades was doing you know, the whole thing was working like it was supposed to even hades but then mm-hmm. uh, there was a glitch somewhere where hades started you know going the other way basically he was just going to destroy everything for the sake of destroying everything yeah based on his programming he was doing what he's supposed to do but the glitch you know he he wasn't supposed to do it and the way he was going to do it was he was going to destroy it so gaia couldn't actually reboot the machines and restart it was just going to be a complete obliteration Yeah. yeah 
Yep, yep. It was almost like a part of its protocol was just deleted. Yeah. So it was like stuck yeah. in this like teardown mode. You know, there's more to the main story with the Shadow Karja and the Sun King and all that stuff, but we don't need to get into all that. I mean, it could save some stuff for people to f- discover on their own. We're just talking about main points that we thought were cool. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a character, you know, Aloy, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it, best female protagonist ever in a video game. Yep. That I mean, she isn't over-sexualized. She, nope. she isn't stupid. She's strong. Nope. She's got uh, some sass and some, some, you know, comical sense to her. But mm-hmm. just a very well-rounded, well-written character. Loved her so much that when the game ended, I was kind of sad because I actually wanted to spend more time with her in the game, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so how, what did you guys think? How did, Ralph, how did you like Aloy? Uh, she was awesome. She was unlike any female character. I'm not. I'm not saying that the ones that they have ever had in past games were, you know, weren't great characters. But this one, she was. She was awesome. She knew. She knew her limitations. She knew when to step, to step over the line, and when to stay behind it. I mean, she just. She knew at the exact moments, and I love it. She was very witty. She would have one of those moments where she's saying it loud enough to where they can hear, but it's kind of like those moments under your breath. But she knows she what she was doing. She wanted to piss them off and kind of get the last word in. And before you know it, boom! It's like scene's over. It's like you ain't getting, you ain't getting no other last word in. I got it. That's it. <laughs> and that's what I loved about her character. And Jerry, what do you think about Aloy? Well, I mean, realistically, there's not a lot of uh, female ones out there to begin with for there. I mean, you're probably your close second to to me that I would say would be uh, Last of Us, you know, and which Ellie. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, Ellie, I'm really looking forward to the next one out yeah. there because they're really shining her up for there. But there's not a lot for, really not a lot for, for female ones. In I would there, say but, uh, Laura yeah. Croft from the new Tomb Raider reboots is a good one because mm-hmm. the same thing. They don't over-sexualize her. She's smart. She's well-written. You know, we're finally getting some decent female protagonists in games that, you know, aren't all about button boobs. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, you know, like I say, even if I, for me, even if you take away uh, whether she was male or female and for that, it, it she probably beats a lot of the other uh, male ones out there, too, because like I say, they wrote her so nicely that she's doing exactly pretty much how you would think that you would do in that situation yeah. there. Your reactions and everything like that, you know, whether you're being the hero or you're just trying to do something because it's a necessary evil because you need to get past one thing, you know, she kind of stays in that type of character. She, I don't think she ever does anything where it's like, what? I wouldn't have done that, you know, so or, or so, so much off the rails. And I think that was the best thing about her. So, yeah, and she stays consistent through the entire story. You know what I mean? She doesn't all of a sudden, like, you get halfway through the story and all of a sudden she hangs left and becomes a completely different character with idea you know you know what i mean like all of a sudden she goes left and it's like whoa what where'd that come from you know a lot of games do that with their characters but Mm -hmm. uh, in movies too for that matter but they don't do that with her she stays consistent she's very well written um that voice actress who did her voice amazing um just one of my favorite characters all around and I thought all the supporting characters in the game were pretty good too, you know, from Roast, uh, Roust, and then um, the people she's in, she encounters. I thought the Sun King was a cool character. Uh, the guy that she kind of helps, um, you know, for someone who loves this game so much, I can't remember half the names of these characters. Yeah. That's always been my problem. Are you talking about the guy who had the uh, the, the same type of focus that she did? 
Um, no, the the guy that had the drinking problem where the sister uh, goes and right. disappears and he turns to her like, hey, you know, I need your help. You know, I've been a bit of a screw up. And, you know, if I'm going to get all, you know, do right by my sister, I really need your help with this. That mm-hmm. guy. I don't know his name either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, she, she helps him. And then, you know, their relationship bonds. Uh, and then all the different people you meet in the world, like the one girl who enlists your help to save the, the little boy. Um, yeah. And his mom, who's kind of like being the, he's sort of like the king of the Shadow Karja, but he's not, you know, he's just a figurehead right, to motivate yeah. people. Yeah. I uh, thought he was pretty, that whole side story is pretty cool. Um, yeah. The the one guy that, like I said, that that was basically a hologram to her most of the time until later on. I forget silence. What, of course. Yeah, Silence. I thought oh. he was pretty good for that. Once again, that was another one of those ones where he was kind of leading her by the leash and he was kind of heartless. And Asshole. she said, yeah, right. And she kind of says this type of thing through the whole thing. It's like, you're not out here helping. Whatever. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, it's one of those things. As much as he sits there and kind of like goats her, and it's like, well, you need to. She doesn't care, you know, but she yeah. still does as a necessary evil. One of those ones where she's like, yep, she's on track for that one. But even his character was okay. They softened him up a little bit later on at the end, trying to help her out in that. So, but. You uh, kind of hate them, but you don't. <laughs> I have to say this because w- there's something that you said earlier about how you feel exact way that how the character's feeling. There was a moment where he w- she was trying to get into this one base, and he's kind of walking her through it. And this whole time, this guy's just being a total smartass with her, 100% all the way. Like He's only going to give enough information that he wants to get. And, yeah. and she's like, she just can't get what she wants out of him. So he was like telling her, like, well, you're going to need to go through this crack and kind of go from there. And it's like, that's it. That's all you're going to tell me. He's like, yep, that's it. And he's like, then you see her start to walk. And all I can think is, like, motherfucker. And next thing you know, she's like, oh, she like gets all frustrated. Like, that's how I'm feeling. You know? yeah. like, that's what I love. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, they really put a lot of heart into how she was, you know, her reactions. It, one, one, one of my favorite things about it. So. Yeah. And, you know, so when you talk about villains... You're, the game is peppered with different characters mm-hmm. that could be villains, right? Hades is obviously the big, the big evil, right? But he's a machine. You know, it's not really even mm-hmm. a he sort of. It's it's a machine. It's a computer entity. Yeah. And then you have, um, you know, at the end you kind of silence is sort of a villain, mm-hmm. um, in his own little way. Uh, and then you have the Shadow Karja's main bad guy who kills Roust, and then you know, invaded right. the village and then you deal with him before you deal with Hades at the end, which is kind of nice. You kind of close off that part of the story too. Mm-hmm. So they, they, they kind of bookend everything really nice. Um, so, and then you have the shadow Karja and the different things in the world and not to mention the, the robots, you know, as mm-hmm. some are passive and some aren't, and you got to deal with all of that. So mm-hmm. it's not overly done. You know, you're, you know what your main, you know what your sort of main bad guy is or bad thing is main evil and then there's the sub evils that you got to deal with throughout it too but it it stays pretty focused you know what i mean it doesn't get crazy and Mm. it it lets you a little know pretty early on kind of like okay this is this is what's your major obstacle you know and i was fine with it i didn't think it was weak or anything no yeah no i enjoyed as far as the you know venturing throughout the world like you know like the whole survival aspect, like you, you just didn't get handed. Like, here's all these nice little weapons, and I was like, "No, you got to You got to really work for it." And as far as dealing with the wildlife and the machines, you know, the machines that they were quite interesting. And plus, like, they're the game mechanics behind the game. It was just 
the the game didn't have like you know just hack and slash your way through the game and you're done. No, it's like you really had to work for it. And when you were like going outside the perimeter, the game lets you know, no, no, you're playing it wrong, and it punishes like you wouldn't believe. So it's like it really shows like you know wildlife is gonna react how they feel that they're gonna react. You know they don't just sit there and act like dummies and let you whack on them. They'll, they'll fight back hardcore. Man. So the world, the world itself being a big open world was gorgeous with everything, you know, it had all the different kind of environments, desert, mountains, snow. Yeah. And yeah. it's, and it's interesting how it, it, it was all laid out and you could explore it all. Then you have, of course you have the robots, which are all mimicking something from our, our, that we know today, right? Tigers and, uh, eagles and hawks and all different kinds, right? That, that behave right, like yeah. our, our animals would, you know, even the, the vulture-like ones, if there's a robot you blow up or you see a broken robot in the field, these things will actually come in and pick it apart like real vultures, you know? Yeah. <laughs> real cool stuff. The natural wildlife in the game, there were actual real animals like rabbits and pigs and all, they all behaved like, like normal. Uh, mm-hmm. And the plant life was an interesting part of the gameplay mechanic because you would pick plants to craft heal potions and all that stuff too. So right, yeah. the world itself, the different the different breakdowns of the robotic wildlife, the natural wild plant life. I mean, how'd you guys? What do you guys? How'd you guys feel about it and how it played in the gameplay mechanics? And we can just kind of tie this in with combat and gameplay mechanics as we're talking through it because they're kind of they kind of go hand in hand. Well, I, I said it was actually pretty interesting. You know, the uh, the watchers, the ones that were just kind of a little weird. I I couldn't exactly figure out what they were, other than I they're just like uh, like sheep herding the robots. You know, <laughs> they, they they just they just like they were like a sense of balance. Like, okay, you can't be going around just whacking anything because the moment you start doing it, you know, this thing's not going to like it, and then you have to deal with them. And then you got the animals are freaking out that they're also going to defend themselves. And it was kind of cool because not everything that you attack was going to have a counterattack towards it. No, they would actually, like, I'm getting the hell out of here. They're, like, taking off. And then the watcher would come and step in and start laying the smackdown. And then, of course, you'll you'll know when you get the prey machines and then you get the predator machines. Yeah. And th- there was no mistake to that. I mean, it's like, it, they let you know, like, right off the bat. They pounce you like they would, like, no other. And the one thing I love, um, the environment, you think that's going to be your savior? No. You you thinking like a big old huge boulder is gonna save your life? No, I learned the mistake the hard way. I'm sitting thinking it's solid rock. This machine ain't gonna boom. It piles right through it, knocks my guy across the screen. I'm like, wow, that's cold. <laughs> that's just that's just really cold. I'm like, it's like man, I really have no protection out here in the wild. I mean, I gotta run. I gotta <laughs> run, shoot, roll. Throw bombs, whatever the heck I have. I'm, I gotta use it, and I gotta use it fast. Yeah, the watchers always seem to always be around the the robotic wildlife that was more passive so if it was like the like the deer like ones or anything that wasn't really super aggressive or like a more of a hunter type class mm-hmm. the watches are always around them sort of like you know and by design i think to protect them i did notice one thing too the the passive ones there was at one there always seemed to be like one maybe two that would actually would break from the herd that's actually running off and i kind of saw those like those to me, felt like they were the male uh, species to that those uh, those uh, set of robotics. Or the because, alpha. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically like, hey, you know what? We gotta protect the herd. That I thought was actually kind of cool that they actually had that kind of dynamic in there. Yeah, of this, they get the red oh, eyeball. <laughs> this, they get angry like, oh, you messing with my ladies. <laughs> yeah. For uh, now, for me, I, I 
I liked I liked a lot of how the robots were designed. They really were. They really kind of felt like what they were. You didn't have to look at it too much and try to figure out. It's like get through all the tech and sit there and say, "What is this creature?" You kind of knew what it was. I like that. They had, I guess, what you would say, clear design lines that kind of spoke to their real life counterparts. So you could visually kind of take one look at it and kind of get an idea. Okay, that's like a a panther or something, you know. Right, exactly. And the robots were kind of neat because they, you know, and especially later on in the game, they had more robotic type stuff like stealth and stuff like that. Yeah. But but they also had a little bit, I, I liked how smart it was into there. Uh, there was one point in time, do you guys remember like these turtle type things? Yep. Okay, so I was trying to scrounge around for, for, for scraps, okay? And I knew on the, the big shell on the back of his, of his, his back, was worth some decent money. Okay? So I'm thinking, okay, I'll sit there, I'll blow this component off, he'll kind of look around, not see it, and kind of walk walk away. I'll go, I'll pick this up, and it's okay. You blow that thing off, he looks around a little bit, he takes the little thing, puts the shell back on there, and <laughs> went. And when I saw that, I'm like, oh. <laughs> They're smart. Yeah. You know? They kind of they remind me of this, like a particular crab. That likes to like collect stuff, stuff that's like shiny, like that they want to sit there at some stuff because that's how they read. They're like, "Ooh, mine!" They put it on their back and they go in, like defensive mode, like you ain't taking my pretties, you know. And they just like they were nasty too. They yeah. didn't look like they would be like something of, "Oh yeah, I gotta worry about this guy. I'll take it down really quick." No, man, they they were nasty. I mean, they were really really possessive of their little the little freaking junk box. Yeah, well, they had that little front forward shield too. That way, they put up the challenge. You know, be a little, give you Posey some challenge. Oh yeah, yeah they definitely did. Yeah. Um, now I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put one thing on here because I like to thoroughly go through the stuff. And there there was one thing about the animals that kind of irked me a little bit. All right, and that was uh, the stealth a little bit. Um, a lot of times I tried to sit there because there would be key points that you could sit there and hit on these things in there. I would try to hide hide in the, the bushes, and you'd get, when they're completely unalerted, you get, like, one shot into there, okay? And it's like your freebie, okay? And then they'd go to, like, this yellow alert. Yeah. There were many times where um, I'd put a trap or something down. I'd put a trap or something down onto there, something where you could not see where I was at. So I'd sit there, I'd shoot something, they'd come over, and then they'd hit the trap. Small little thing in the game I don't quite like into there is that when you hit them too much onto there, they instantly know where you're at. A lot of times I ran into that where I had a perfect nice little setup there and then it was like, boom. And that was a little bit disheartening because some of these animals actually had like these cool little radar pings that they could send out. So I thought it was a little bit more strategic. It's like, okay, I'll stay in there. It's like, oh, but if this animal sits there and pings, I'm caught right off the bat. But it's a small mechanic that was into there, but it was kind of like it took a little bit of the stealth out of there. But um for the most part, the rest of the stuff for the animals were great. They had so many cool little key parts onto them that you really had to be strategic about that I really loved in there. But I at least had to say that one little thing onto there that kind of irked me sometimes when I was trying to be too strategic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't yeah. quite work. I know. 
I didn't come across that because the way I look at it, I mean, especially if you're if you're being repetitive as far as on the spot to chat, if you're like you're like only only four paces one way, four paces the other way, it's, it it kind of shows a level of intelligence that the analysts kind of learn. Like, okay, I'm getting an idea where this is coming from, and they will actually go and investigate it. And you're thinking like, oh, I'm just here; they're gonna walk past me. No, they will just if they bump into you, it's instant alert. It's like you know, so oh, they yeah. shows so it's. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll agree. It, it did kind of, like, unnerve you. It's like, man, come on, man. When am I going to be smart on this? It's like, it's not fair to machines. They're going to be smarter than me. But uh, yeah. it, it was actually pretty cool. Like, they really did pay attention to surroundings. So I remember I, I kind of learned from that. I was like, all right, you know what? I got to find all the little spots where I can hide in and not, like, you know, rinse and repeat in the exact same spot. Like, it made you move around so that you're, like, leaving them in a state of confusion. Well, yeah, and I didn't mind the rinse and repeat, but like I say, the the the, the way that I was ex- that should have really worked was that, um, let's say I took a let's say I put a trap like about like a 10, 10, 10 yards away. I put nice a nice little trap. I go back in the bushes, back behind, and now I fire an arrow. It hits him. He knows about the direction because he's in a, he's he's in you know he's a machine you know, and he sits there and he comes back to investigate and boom he hits the trap. At that point, he still should really have no idea where I'm at, just the direction. And like I said, that's the one little minor point on the game in that where I'd try to be too strategic. If they hit that trap, they knew where they where they were when they were in the red into there. Until they went down onto there. Anytime they went onto the red end super alert, they could always find you. It was the only downside that I'd say onto there. So when you're talking, talking about combat and um, the st- strategy of it all, like that's one thing that's really cool about this game, right? Melee combat is there, but it's not really... That's like in a pinch, right? If you try to melee combat anything, you're dead. It's there to just get you out of a, a, a tough bind, um, and mm-hmm. I think Melee will get something, some enhancements in the second game. You know, but it's all about your bow and arrow, and your slingshots, and your your traps, and your bolt caster, and your rope caster, and all these cool little weapons that, and the different bows that fire different arrows that do different things, right? To take mm-hmm. advantage of the situations. So, you know, like some of the strategies, like, and there are numerous ones. Because all the robots have different things on them that can play into that strategy. So one of my favorite strategic things was when you saw that one, it was the smaller cat, not the larger one. But the smaller mm. one had this little power pack on its you know, back end, its ass. And yeah. if you fired a shock arrow at that thing, it would mm. set it off and basically it would it, you know, it immediately put the thing in like red alert, right? When you hit uh-huh. him with it. But you could see electrical pulse hitting that thing, and anything near him, within a couple seconds, that thing explodes like a major uh, EMP, right. and it just brings yeah. every robot in in its vicinity down. And then you can go mm-hmm. in and like quickly uh, one one kill with your staff on the downed enemies, and take advantage of that situation. So. There are numerous things you could do like that with the robots to play with strategy, but that was one of my favorite ones because, like, I found it by accident just by experimenting, again, by the clues that this game gives you visually. Like, hey, that back part looks, you know, electrical. It's got little electrical things going through it. I wonder if if I hit it with an electrical arrow, I wonder what will happen. And you get rewarded for, like, um, your curiosity. You know what I mean? When I fired that first electric arrow and I saw that thing explode and take down like six robots in the air. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it was, you, it was very cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you kind of had to do that. In the beginning, you could kind of get away with some cheap stuff into there, but a little later on, when because these monsters were meant to take you down in there, you had to be like that. A lot of times, I'd see some type of monster, I'd hide in the bushes, and I'd go to the book because the book will show you which where his you know when you look at when you look at the animals yeah. themselves in the little encyclopedia, they'll sit you. So a lot of times, I'm looking through the stuff like, okay, where can I hit them? Well, do I hit the if I hit this one, it sets off like a little fire thing, and that'll explode and burn a bunch of stuff around here and it was kind of neat that type of thing very strategic a lot more strategic than i thought it was going yeah, to for sure for attacking for for destroying uh, an animal yeah it definitely it definitely made you utilize every weapon i don't think i know for a fact i used every single weapon that they had to offer and i remember sending it to, like going through all the different mods i'm like all right and i need to i need to cover enough mods on this weapon to cover enough for that weapon so i would never had a problem as far as, like you know taking out the particular enemies based upon their weaknesses but i mean the it, it definitely taught you that your staff is as chris was saying it's it's just there for backup. It's not really meant for full on combat. Like your mm. your uh, your combat's all heavily relied upon your traps, your bows, your even utilizing the like the slingshot. You know that came in handy when you're sitting there popping those little uh, element based you know bombs on them that help yeah. you know take them yeah. down or pacify them a little bit so you can go and beat them down when you need to. Mm. The only thing that I would have had to gripe on a little bit though sure. is that where I understand with the machines, a, a staff is just not really meant for to beat down on them. It's only meant for those uh, those critical kills where they're they're like knocked on the ground and you get to stab them and like mm-hmm. do like max damage or take them out. Yeah. I think, however, though with the humans, there should have been more involvement as far as like really trying to fight because it just it felt like the humans and the machines that you encountered were treated as equals. Like you had to use your you know your bow, and I just I didn't like that idea. I wanted them to be implement some kind of blocking at least against the humans. So that's that. That again, I, I think everybody's mileage is going to vary on that. I'm I'm very much a hit them from as far a distance as I can, gameplay mechanic wise. So I I wasn't as melee heavy as you, so I didn't complain about it as much as you because I still even with the humans I tried to avoid melee as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how were you with the humans, Jerry? Yeah, I was the same way too. I like to hit them from a, from a distance, but I mean, Ralph does bring up a good point in there that would be it would have been an interesting mechanic to sit there and have them fight a little bit with that, yeah, you know, with the staff a little bit better. Yeah, um, they probably could have borrowed yeah. like from what the Batman Mad Max type of melee combat system right. where you can have like a uh, counter attack or a, a blocking counter type thing. Yeah, and who knows? Maybe we'll get that like in in uh, the sequel. I still yeah, think yeah. Melee, melee will get refined in the sequel. I think with everything they did in this game, the most important part of the combat that had to be refined was the bow and your traps and your mm. all the different weapons and the strategies that evolved around or revolved around that. Like melee yeah. was important, but I think it 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 had to take a back seat to make sure all those other systems were well rounded. Yeah. Now, I have to sit there. I wanted to say this on here because this was the top. This is the top of the list on my game. I like story and that, but the weapons, I don't know who designed the weapons for this game, but they really took their time. Yeah. I've ne- I've never seen so many weapons. Normally when there's an assortment of these many weapons I, in, in any game, I pick out like two and I'm like, that's my favorite weapon. And then yeah. that's it. Okay. I don't know. Same thing with you guys, maybe a little bit. In other Usually games, yeah. You kind of start yeah. leaning towards a, a particular 
if it's guns, there's like a one or two guns that you stick with. Right. Yeah. And this one, it's just amazing. Every weapon has its function and purpose. Every time I came up to something where like a, like a bigger animal or something like that, like I never used these things called rope casters. Okay, I didn't really use them in the beginning because I know most of the time I'm like, okay, you hit them in certain spots and all that stuff in there. And at one point in time, there was a guy that was just really really tough to bring down. He was just destroying me. It was I think it was a boss room in that. I never thought to use the rope casters and. I use the rope casters. I'm like, wow, these work. And this happened every time. Every time I was defeated a little bit, I went to a weapon I never tried and tried. Yet. They all have their functions. Yeah. They were all really, there, there wasn't a weak weapon. Each weapon had its own thing that it did. And it was kind of nice into there. And that, that really should be commended because I, I needed everything. Everything that was there at one point in time, I utilized for some other type of uh, objective. Yeah, so. and multiple multiple abilities per weapon, right? So each bow has three different arrows per bow. So you mm -hmm. at one point you got three bows equipped. Each one has three different types of arrows, and mm -hmm. we shit you not when we say this. You will use all those arrows in one combat session. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, the different ones that they have. They do have different traps. Everything you're going to, if you haven't used one thing, go back and try to figure out some of the stuff in there. There will be some type of advantage. Every different trap, every weapon, uh, there will be an advantage that, you'll, that will be superior in a certain, a certain way versus the other ones into there. And like I said earlier about before, the game punishes you. It lets you know when you're playing it wrong. It lets yeah. you know it is time to change up your weapons mm -hmm. and try out the new toys because you'll be surprised. I've had my fair share where the game just got medieval on me. Uh, I was getting smacked around like it was a game of hacky sack. Everyone was taking a turn until I was dead. And then mm -hmm. I get back in the game, try to start up again, and then they would just come at full force. Like they were just—they made you sure you know you need to use those weapons. That rowcaster, when yeah. I, you know, when I finally actually got it, I remember hearing Chris about you know talking about him like, yeah, yeah. So I get to go cowboy style, wrangle some, wrangle some animals, you know. <laughs> and I, I remember you know being sitting there dealing with those oversized like cat-like creatures that when there's two of them. It's game over. They're going to get medieval on you. So when I actually, yeah. actually use it, and I actually took them down, like, oh, oh, you stay right there. I'm coming back for you. And then you go take <laughs> out his partner, and then you just start smacking down, rope cast him again, smack him down some more. I mean, I love that weapon. That was like, that really helped out a lot for those situations where you're just getting pummeled by a lot of, uh, a lot of enemies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to sit there and say, yeah, I mean, it, there's if you're one of those guys who goes with the most powerful weapon to destroy stuff, um, that, you know, just, just pierce and do as much damage onto there, you know, and you're not a guy who sits there and utilizes that little thing that blows off parts into there, the minute you sit there and utilize one of those and you blow off a part and you look on the ground and you sit there and say, that's going to let me pick it up and use it as a weapon, your mind changes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What was the what, what was that one smaller creature that had like a machine gun type type? Yeah, weapon one of on the it. cats has like a little like yeah. little machine gun on it, or like oh. the thunder jaws. Like yeah. I, for the longest time, those things would just be like, oh my god, they just whooped the shit out. They're like big T Rexes, right? right? But mm -hmm. they have these two big disc launcher guns on them, and when you get that one arrow, that all that all this arrow does is when you hit uh, a part on a creature, it does this really loud vibration and knocks the part off. So once you get that yeah. part, you can knock these uh, disc launchers off the Thunderjaw, 
mm-hmm. and like the disc launchers will take a thunder draw down like nothing. Right. But you don't learn that right away, right? You got to spend a couple <laughs> rounds getting your ass kicked by this thing before you realize. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and even almost no damage. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, even the, even as powerful it was, they they didn't just give it to you. That creature moved around, so yeah. it was like it, it didn't home in on it. It was straight shot. So you you had to find the center of mass and know see how the how the creature's gonna move. So where you know every single time you t- you let off a shot. It's gonna nail him, and it's gonna take him down. So I've, there's been numerous times I remember seeing the disc fly over his shoulder. I'm like, I'm like, come on, man, be nice. Like you're you're already kicking me around. You're not gonna take these hits. But yeah. uh, with that one cat that had that gun mount on, like in between his shoulders, that thing was devastating. It had it had an adequate amount of rounds. I loved it when I first time using. It, I was like, oh, where have you been all my life? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many things in this one. The minute you sit there and. Uh, you're like taming certain stuff. If you, it's always the the ones that you can ride are always great, but some of these other ones, you're like, uh, you don't really think about it when you look mm-hmm. at like those big like what is those like beetle ones with all the juice on the back of them and that. They're like, oh, they're so hard. The minute you can tame them, and there's some other beast into there, just getting up behind taming them and watching that big beast attack the other big beast. It's oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 really cool. Yeah, so there's the, the other thing I was going to say, like, with all the weapons, the ability to tame creatures to fight for you, and all the different facets to the weapons, like, whatever your gameplay style is, something mm-hmm. here for you will work. You know what I mean? There's so yeah. much diversity here that you could find the niche that works with how you like to play a game. You know, But you still got to mm-hmm. play within the rules of the game of, like, you just can't go run and gun or run and smack things around. You're going to die real quick doing that, but... With all the tools they give you, there's something there that you could figure out uh, a loop that works for you. Mm-hmm. It's not very yeah. cookie cutter, which is what I like, you know. And it leaves it leaves you to explore and try. It's very inviting for you to try different things. So, mm-hmm. like the combat system is probably one of my favorites in, in any most recent game we've played. Yeah. Yeah, to me that was the top sound there. Yeah, I, I'm big in, I, I like story in there, but the combat really, really lent itself to to being strategic, which I love. Yeah. That's that age old saying, right? Com- or uh, gameplay is king. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. can be pretty. It can tell a good story. It can have a ton of voice actors, but if the gameplay doesn't play right, it, it's no good. <laughs> no, especially in open world. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so visual sound and music. How do how do we feel about this? What do you think? Ralph. Beautiful. One word, beautiful. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> There'll just, just be moments uh, you just sit there and just kind of watch the sun move around, watching the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the moonlight, watching the grass move, the, 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 the light just how it just casts over everything. It was just gorgeous. I mean, the, the animation, the detail was just was phenomenal. The music, it just, oh, man. You have the soundtrack for that, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to get that. It's, it's just it was wonderful. <laughs> uh, f- for me, for me, yes, game was gorgeous for that. I, I now uh, it it was it was great graphics walking into it, the forest type thing into there, and you kind of get used to it, and you're like, okay, in there. The interesting thing was is when I moved to different parts of the land, like when I actually went to like the Mesa type one, I'm like, wow, this is really different. Yeah. They didn't just change the grass into there. It <laughs> really changed the entire environment onto there. And yep. I thought it was I thought that was pretty cool. And then you have different animals, of course, that are doing in there and you know, and stuff that you kind of expect into there. And that was I thought that was 
it was just really, really nice to to see all that type of stuff into there. And yeah, like I say, machines and everything. I, once again, the the guy who made the machines was great. I mean, it looks functional and it looks exactly what like it's supposed to be. You know, if it's like a buffalo, it looks like a buffalo. It moves like a buffalo. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it does everything that it's supposed to that that a buffalo is supposed to be doing. You know, you know, a bird, the same thing for all that stuff. So they didn't cut any corners for any of that graphical stuff in there. So yeah, for me, this game is just gorgeous breathtaking the visuals i don't know how many times i would just stop and swing the camera around to just look at the environment and other games before like this game has a photo mode right and other games have done photo mode i can honestly tell you i probably put in easy five to six hours if not more in the photo mode in this game i have so many pictures i've taken in this game that I have mm-hmm. a hobby photography website. I'm thinking about opening or putting up a gallery and just putting all these photos in that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, they yeah. are taking inside a video game, but they this is what you can do in this photo mode, like amazing. Right? Mm-hmm. I even have a, a fracture, which is this company in Florida which prints photos on glass. So if you want like mm-hmm. a really nice photo that looks like an H D photo hanging on your wall. You yeah. just upload it to Fracture, and they print it directly on glass and then send it to you. I have an awesome shot. I took an Aloy on this, like, snowy mountain with the sun, you know, in the background setting. And the lighting and everything is just perfect. And I had this thing printed on glass, and it looks amazing. Like, <laughs> just gorgeous. Uh, some yeah. of the shots in the game, just if you, you can turn Aloy off and just have, like, a landscape shot. You'd be hard-pressed in some of them. That's how good the lighting and the textures are in this game. You'd be hard pressed to be like, "Hey, where where'd you take that? Where in the United States were you when you took that picture? Or where in the world?" <laughs> you know, I'm not joking yeah. when I say that. That's how gorgeous this game is. I mean, the t- attention to detail, everything, right down to the blades of grass and the the dynamic lighting, everything, just just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This game, visually, best game ever. Yeah, the uh, uh, it's I now I never actually messed with the uh, with the photo mode. Uh, you sent you sent us you sent me and Ralph a lot of different photos, so we got to see it onto there. I I commend them for doing that because even though I didn't get a chance to mess around with it a lot in there, there are so many games like my art games and all this other stuff in there where they've got this beautiful scenery and you want to take a picture of it, but they don't have that. So you have to have like this picture with oh, it's the beautiful scenery, but now I have to have, like, the HUD up here <laughs> yeah. and the mini-map over here in the interface, and maybe if it's third-person perspective, I have to have the guy up front. And it looks cool, but you just want to see, especially if you've made a cool base or something like that. And it's amazing to me that even in those type of games, they don't put it in there. And it's amazing to me that the guy, who, the people who did this type of stuff said, they said, hey, we put a lot of work in here. We're going to put this mode in. Yeah, it, it's a, and they just, in the last, I need to go back and boot up the game because in the last uh, couple um, updates they did to the game, they added yeah. some cool, more cool stuff to the photo mode. So I'm thinking Jesus. about, I'm thinking about <laughs> going in there and, and uh, just, you know, because you have, I have a lot of the world, you know, after beating the game, I can warp anywhere in the world. And I'm thinking about just going in there and taking like a half a dozen more. Sh- I mean, I like hundreds yeah. of f- photos I've taken in that game. It's like ridiculous. 
<laughs> I had to offload yeah. them all on my uh, hard drive because they're taking too many. <laughs> yeah, and I I messed around with the photo mode, and it was it was kind of intimidating because the game looked gorgeous as it is. And like, how can I make these pictures look even better than the game itself? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got used to like sitting there using some of the the screenshots which for the with the PlayStation, but I never really used that just because you know just. I was too busy engrossing the game, and if I really wanted something that was cool that I can like use for like uh, a wallpaper for my phone, I'd just use my phone. So I was like, and there is decent quality, but when they introduced this into this game, it was kind of like, wow. And I was like, you know, that could have been this could have been so much. This could have been so awesome if they had done this in like previous games, like Dragon Age, uh, Mass Effect. I mean, yeah. couldn't you imagine like you know some of the screenshots that you just wish you could have had, but yeah. you didn't. But yeah, because... so hopefully this idea and this concept. You know that maybe they might be able to sit there and allow this to be able for to give release to other uh, devs to be able to use in their gaming and their game setups. You know. Yeah, and to be clear about photo mode, just to explain it to people, like when you go into this mode, the HUD goes away. You can turn Aloy on or off. You have free control of the camera in the world. So it'd be like if you're a real photographer and you wanted to be so many feet away or so many feet high. And you want to tilt the camera or zoom in or do uh, um, depth of field. And all of these controls are there like a real, like a real camera would have. And mm-hmm. you're not locked you know, in a specific thing. And then you can control the time of day. So mm-hmm. no matter where you stopped to go into photo mode, that's where the current time of day is. But now you can actually change the time of day to get different lighting. So, I, oh man, I was just out, like I told you, hours in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for every yeah. hour I was playing, probably playing the game a night. For an hour that I played, I probably played with photo mode for another hour before bed or something. <laughs> uh, I, I, and you, I gotta tie a little bit of a gameplay into graphics into there, okay? Because people do this a lot. The when you spend this amount of time on graphics, I like the idea that. Well, like one of the things I was kind of slightly disappointed halfway through the game is that I found out that the flying stuff you couldn't mount on the flying stuff. Okay, all the fly uh, for anyone asking on there, you can't you can't tame a flying thing and then 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 take off on it. Okay, that's what sequels are for. <laughs> but what, 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 that, yeah, well, yeah, that's good. But l- l- let me tell you, that's the cool thing. I hope they don't do half of me does, half of me doesn't, because the problem is, is that any time of these open worlds that you put flying modes in, it looks kind of cool going over the, the landscape, but you miss like half of the scenery. Oh yeah, you're true. Yeah, you're right about that. Because you're not going. Once again, I'm going to say World of Warcraft in there. The uh, When they brought the expansion onto there, before we started doing all that stuff into there, there are all these great like forests and places with glowing all stuff in there. The minute we got flying, we didn't see any of it. It was Ooh. just A to, a to B. To strengthen your point about that, um, another yeah. gameplay mechanic in this game is, yes, there is fast travel. You find these little uh, campfires, and there's plenty in the world, so it's not like they're too far and few between. But you have to, in the beginning, you just can't travel to them. You have to hunt and find things in the world, like grass and hunt uh, pigs for leather and stuff like that, and craft these bedrolls, which allow you to fast travel. And they cleverly do this. Like Eventually in the game, you do get get to unlock the permanent one, right? But up until then, you have to craft them, and for every time you use one, you lose one. What this does is, in the beginning of the game, it actually forces you to physically travel through a lot of the game and see it. Right. Yep. Instead of just skipping over a lot of it through fast travel. 
And I yeah. really, like, in the beginning, I was like, ooh, this feels like a step backwards from all the other games, you know, where we're just used to fast traveling right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. I grew to appreciate it because of how gorgeous the game was that, mm-hmm. like, now, like, when I finally got the one that let me fast travel in limited times, it was yeah. kind of like you start you start to, like, appreciate the beginning hours of the game where it forced you to, you know, move move through the world and see it, you know? So, yeah. like, you know, making strengthening that point, you said, like, if you get a flying mount, then you start to blow past everything. Yeah. 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 It was kind of, go on. Go on, man. No, it just made me think of what was the uh, game that we were playing where it's like fast travel was like next to nothing. Like, it didn't almost didn't seem like it exists. It was uh, something we played on Steam. I remember yeah. hearing you, you were, you were griping and complaining, like, dude, this sucks. I'm sick and tired of trekking through, you know, through the yeah. world. It's like, I want to give it to where I need to go so I can get to my next quest. Oh, yeah, so to hear you, to, to hear you yeah. sit there and break yeah. away from that, I mean, the game itself, it gave you a reason where, like, yeah, I'm going to just stroll along, enjoy the sunset, you know, because yeah. the scenery was, like, was so vast and so beautiful where nothing to say against these games, but they didn't hold a candle to when it comes to Horizon. No. So Horizon, like, it gave you oh, something yeah. to appreciate. I didn't use the mounts. I said, Nick's on the mounts. I like walking. I'm running. I mean, because I wanted to explore. I wanted to search. If you're on the mounts, it, it takes away from that. You still get the scenery, but it takes away from the curiosity. Like, ooh, what's over there? So I, I did a lot of trekking on my on feet. Right. And, and and if you noticed, and I didn't like this at the at the beginning of the game, or, or I'm sorry, a little later on in there, but if you noticed uh, to, to say about that, Ralph, too, is that if you were a person that liked to get to a mountain all the time, you couldn't do that for too long. Why? Your own, your main source of healing was picking flowers. Yep. I, I don't think, unless I'm wrong, you guys can correct me on this. There wasn't any place in the game where you can buy healing potions. Just, uh... just like, like, like buy like a ton of of the same type of of the healing. You did have healing potions. I think like the fours and that. You know for something of those jars and that, but the main healing thing that you had on there was picking up those flowers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, using, the, but using, the thing... Yeah, yeah, you're right. The thing about it, though, with the heal potions, it wasn't a matter of, I just got these, you know, these shrapnels of metal that I can use as currency, and that was it. No, they actually... That was one thing that was actually interesting that really made you work in order to buy that, or quote-unquote buy that particular item. It was all, all about this bartering system. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you have that I want so that you may have what you want. Yeah. yeah right. And that's, that's what was actually kind of cool. So eventually, you know, you, you started to figure out your own things. Like, you know what? I'm going to go collect the stuff myself. You know, like, why well, I want to hand all this stuff over that I might need later on. So, you know, I'll do it myself. Yeah. yeah. So real quick, because uh, we're running out of time. Yep. <laughs> like we always do. We, we, yeah. yeah. I want to sort of say right now, Jerry, you're the one like, oh, I don't know if we can talk about Horizon for a full hour. I, 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 who's right? <laughs> we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. went fast through this. We're, we left a lot of stuff out, so yeah. I don't want to hear it next time I say we could talk about something for an hour. <laughs> All uh, right. Let's just just talk about the expansion and what we think uh, a sequel might be. I mean, we we don't know much about the expansion. We had a teaser trailer. I just want to say I'm excited for more Horizon. Like when I beat this game, and I did everything, so there's nothing left to do in the world. There's nothing left to go back to for me right now. I am waiting for this expansion. <laughs> So when they announced it and they said we were getting it, I'm like, I'm really excited to be able to go back to the world and spend time in that world and with Aloy some more. Mm. I'm I'm kind of hoping that with this whole this expansion at the at the very end of it all, I hope they give you just another a little bit of a teaser to hopefully shed light on what could possibly be the sequel. Because I want to know, I want to know 
where things are going to go. I mean, just basically how the game ends, you're just kind of like, ah, oh, no, no, man, don't do this to me. I hate cliffhangers. Give me, give me something more. So I, I want to know what I'm looking forward to. Don't, don't leave me hanging like this. So Jerry, what do you, what do you feel about the expansion? Uh, I once again, I don't know too much about the expansion. It's kind of neat. They, they left quite a few things that you could do because once again, you have this, this, this big open world in that, but you have like all this tech lying around that anyone could sit there and tinker with and, and do something screwy with. So there's always opportunities for them to sit there and do something new you know, breach the tech or the animals or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if they do something like that. Uh, Story-wise, uh, I don't really know what else they're going to put in there for, for that. But Because uh, I think everything pretty much, they they kind of closed off pretty much everything except for one thing very at the very end. But yeah. The, uh, um, but that sequel probably. So. That, yeah, that's the thing I was gonna say. Like we we leave off with Hades returning to this little module thing, and it ends up Silence like captures him, and now they're you know Silence has Hades. I don't think any of this is getting addressed in the expansion. Do you guys? No, I I don't think it's going to. The one thing I know what Jerry was saying like it didn't seem like they they covered everything. That's not really entirely true. I mean they they name drop like about other tribes. But you never really get a chance to meet them, so I'm kind of wondering if the expansion is actually going to further uh, expand upon that, to where you get to meet these different tribes, you know? Because I mean, it's not just the ones that they show us. I mean, they do talk about other ones. So True. I'm, I'm I'm really hoping they actually like open more of the world of all the other people that's out there. Yeah, and I think maybe that's where they're going to go with the expansion. Give us a new area to explore, and maybe another just inner conflict with the tribes, because that kind of even though the Sun King is doing good and he's not like his crazy whacked father, there's still a lot of like unrest in that whole plot line with the mm-hmm. tribes trying to work together. And I can see the expansion easily kind of expanding on that a little bit more, which would be interesting because that stuff kind of sort of takes a backseat towards the end of the game because they're bringing up the whole Hades Gaia thing by the end. Right. And that, all right. So as for a sequel, I mean, we all think it has something to do, uh, definitely something to do with Hades and and uh, right. Silence. What do you guys think? I mean, it doesn't. I mean, we could be wrong. We could be a million miles from what they're going to do. But I, I'll tell you right now, I knew Silence was not a good guy to begin <laughs> with. I mean, th- this guy was just cloak and dagger, and the big tip off when he was sitting there talking about his thirst for knowledge. Now, anyone that's thirsting for knowledge is thirsting for power, which leads to power leads to corruption. Corruption leads to bad guy. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I know. I'm going all Star Wars here. Yeah, nice, nice Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> leads to corruption. Corruption leads to the dark side. Mm, yes. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it was plain as day. He's like, he's a bad guy. What does he want? What is he going to do? So when you see it at the very end, I was like, ooh, 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 I so want to punch you. <laughs> the, um, it's, uh, so. Yeah, I think it's going to be, I mean, the writing is usually pretty good, so it's probably not going to be what I'm thinking on there. But it's it's like a, anything, anyone else that looks at that is like, oh, I want power. Man, this thing almost took out everything. Really, you're going to sacrifice this? So once again, he's going to, because he wants his knowledge, he's going to open something up and then he's going to end up, you know, having Hades try to destroy everything again in there and it's you know it's not going to be worth it for there so it's, it's yeah, yeah. It's rather a, than a rather than a rinse and repeat of like oh hades is going to try to destroy the world again something i kind of shared with ralph today um 
which I thought could be interesting, but again, we're not the writers. Who knows where they're going to go with it? But what if, because of his thirst for knowledge and the whole power thing, what if, like, the next thing is, like, he and Hades somehow merge? You know what I mean? Because he's, you know, that's yeah. that's this world now. If you look at Silence, he's got tech running in and out of his body. You know what I mean? He's got little wires and all that shit. Right. So, which would turn him into a different type of bad guy and not try to do the whole Hades turns into a big machine and tries to stomp the foot in the world again. <laughs> I, yeah. I can probably see that, but I, I did know that he wasn't the only one. It's actually, if you really look into it and kind of try to dissect it, um, when it comes as far as the tribe, a lot of uh, their markings and their dresses and whatnot, some will actually dealt with a lot of piercings, and which stuff would actually be with embedded within their skin and yeah. showing some, and then going back in skin. That's how. That's what I was seeing as far as what all the different tribes are doing. He was even one of them. So I mean, yeah, I can see it's a possibility where he might become one with the machine, but I, I kind of hope they don't do that because I just it's it's it to me. I felt like that's been done. I think they're going to go with something more. I really, I really believe that's what they're going to do. They're going to go with something more, not something like merging man and machine. Yeah, yeah it'll be interesting to see what they do. I'm excited either way, but I hate cliffhangers like that because you got to wait another four years or five years or six years before we get <laughs> oh, <yeah>. this game. <laughs> yeah. That's why I kind of like going back to Ralph said, maybe they give us another small tease, like another little cutscene at the end of the expansion with Silence just to like check in with what he's doing with Hades um, mm. just to give you something. Um, but who knows? There we go. We we talked a whole hour on Horizon, something you you said we couldn't do. I just like to say yeah. that. I just like to say that again. <laughs> and and we kind of we kind of steamrolled through this. Like some people are going to think we probably missed a lot of stuff, and we probably did. But oh well. <laughs> yeah. Well, being specific for some of this stuff is quite hard. There were so many characters in that, which I thought was going to be a little bit of a challenge because, like I said, we can't remember the 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 main character. <laughs> <laughs> too much besides yeah. everything else, but I think that's to its credit because it's it does try to throw you into a lot of side quests and and that uh, type of thing. I'm glad you said side quests because I want to make sure we I did we did mention this. The side quests were not these cooker cutty quest, uh, cook, cookie cutter quest. Like they didn't they didn't seem like they just shipped characters around. No, these side quests a lot of them actually had some really like dynamic type stories. I mean they actually like it, it almost seemed like man this could be like a DLC. You know, like where you get lost for like a good couple of hours. Like you're you're seeing like the characters' struggles. I mean, they're like touching on stuff that they don't outright say it, but you know what it's like, like what they're leading into. And it just it just it was awesome. I loved it. You know, it's like the one where you had mentioned earlier about the uh, you meet up with that one woman to help save the the mother and son. And when you actually finally help get there, it just felt like you just completed like you know a, a DLC. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really good stuff. Really good game. Worth uh, anybody who's got a PlayStation Four. Um, you need to own this game. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there, are, there are certain staples of games you should own when you own a particular console. So if you have a PlayStation Four, you need this game and The Last of Us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. Well, we will just wrap it up here. Um, once again, thanks everybody who's listening. We appreciate it, and we will catch you again next week. Or no, sorry. The uh, the following week we're on every other week (laughs) (laughs) all right bye guys bye horizon end of line